Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Lots of things are better together. Hockey, food, golf. How about a cold one on the patio during a nice spring day? But if you really want to take things to the next level, drink some Labatt Blue Lights with your friends and live life to the power of we. Always enjoy responsibly. Beer, Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to DraftKings Network. This is the GM Shuffle. I want to know this. When did he play loose? When did he play his game over the last 27 starts? Or the 29 games that he played? Like, tell me what tape I should go watch of him playing himself that doesn't involve running around. You're listening to the GM Shuffle with Michael Lombardi, presented by DraftKings and VSIN. Here is Femi Abebefe. Welcome to another edition of the GM Shuffle with Michael Lombardi, presented by DraftKings and VSIN. I'm your host, Femi Abebefe. As always, make sure to subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcast. Our producer, Elliot Bowman, with us on the ones and twos. Shout out to the entire crew over at Command Center. We're dealing with some tech difficulties, so if we sound a little bit different, if we look a little bit different, that is why I'm from my home, Michael in his office, but with a different angle. But, Michael, as we get started with this thing, man, I mean, we have to start with what's going on. In, in the Windy City, where we have a coaching staff under the bus and a quarterback under the microscope. Man, what your the quarterback hell happened yesterday? Your quarterback. <laughs> you, you, your quarterback. You defend him. Let's hear it. Let's get that white wig on. Let's hear it. You defend him. I mean, here I am enjoying my Wednesday, just going about things, my day off. And then all of a sudden, I see the notifications rolling in. I see the sound bites, and I'm like, ah, this is just too much. And let me let me, let me me ask you this, because... Justin Fields was speaking with the media Wednesday morning over at Hallis Hall and was talking about kind of why he felt that he had been playing robotic and why he felt that he wasn't really relying on his instincts. And he was asked, they said, hey, why do you think that is the case? And and he said, coaching. He flat out said coaching. And then like went on to say other stuff as well. He said, like, is, is, the full quote is, my goal is this week to say F it and go out there and play football like I know how to play football. Could be coaching. I think I prepare myself throughout the week. And when the game comes, it's time to play free at this point. So just thinking less and playing more. And coaching is mm-hmm. the big thing that was taken out of that because he pretty much said, I'm the coaching I'm getting is too much and it's causing me to think too much. And now I'm playing robotic. And I'm not relying on my natural instincts. And it, of course, caused a firestorm of Justin Fields throwing the coaching staff under the bus because anytime a player goes ahead and says that, that's the case. But uh, when you hear that and you're a general manager, I mean, what's what, what's the reaction to the, the franchise quarterback, quote unquote, saying that about the coaching staff? Franchise quarterback? Are you kidding me? The guy's five and twenty-two over his career. You calling this guy a franchise quarterback? Are you joking? 
I mean, come on, Femi. This guy's no franchise quarterback. I mean, you guys are all making excuses for him. I don't understand how Justin Fields became like this guy everybody wants to run to defend. Does anybody watch the tape? Like, here's the question I want to ask you. You get your headset on. You get your play sheet. You call plays for this guy. Because if you and I sat down and watched tape, and if we watched that Bears game against Tampa, and we watched it closely, and I showed you exactly what Luke Getzey called in the game and what he didn't throw in the game and what he didn't do in the game, you would say, well, that's hard to call plays for this guy. That's why they call so many screens, because Getzey knows he can at least complete a screen. Can we stop the nonsense, please? Can we stop it? You know, he's throwing the coaches under the bus because he knows he's got a sympathetic audience in Twitter. Now, he peeled it back today. But who cares? He's 5-22. and 22. He misses open receivers. He doesn't throw to receivers. He leads the league in negative plays. Like, at some point, when does somebody say, it's the player? Like, what scheme are you going to run? What plays are you calling, Femi, for this, this guy? What plays are you calling? If you're, if you're Ryan Poles and you're sitting up there in the press box and you want to blame Luke Getze, you can blame him. But the next guy coming in will get fired, too. The next guy coming in is going to get fired because now he's on his third coach. You know, he's a second coach. He had Matt Nagy in the first time. I want to know this. Here's what I'd like to know. Mm-hmm. When did he play loose? When did he play his game over the last 27 starts or the 29 games that he played? Like, tell me what tape I should go watch of him playing himself that doesn't involve running around. I'll I mean, be happy that's part to watch of his it. game. Yeah, but it's also so, not part – but when you're complaining about the play calling, you're complaining about the pass plays. Got a guy wide open running down the seam. He just holds the ball and takes a sack. Got a guy wide open in the flat. He throws it five yards in the dirt. They call all sticks, and he throws the, it throws it into, into the middle. Like, they're calling stuff to get completions. He's looking at his play sheet saying, what am I going to call? What am I going to call? The one drive he had, the second drive, the drive before he had the interception, that screen pass to Herbert was the big gain of the drive. Then he threw the post. Then he threw the. He he made a really good throw on the in cut, on, on the slim post in there. That, he, but he didn't really move the safety. The safety was an inch from intercepting it. Like th- this is not like this. And then he takes one of the worst sacks you could take in football, out of the thirty. I mean, Fabi, you can't defend this guy. Even you can't defend him, and you could defend anybody with your white hair. You can't defend this guy. So the backtrack that he had was yesterday afternoon. Fields made the initial comments. Everything went crazy on social media and obviously in the Chicago market and all that stuff. He then, after practice Wednesday, had an impromptu media availability in the locker room saying, quote, I'm not blaming anything on the coaches. I'm never going to blame anything on the coaches. I'm never going to blame anything on my teammates. Whatever happens in the game, I will take all the blame. And I mean, that's just, I mean, I'm sure PR went ahead and talked to him and said, hey, dude, like, you got to like say something like we can't have this going on because now this is a story. But even with the backtrack, it's still a story. But the question that you asked to me, and this is what we kind of talked about throughout this offseason about what kind of offense did you like to see Justin Fields in? Isn't it the six back offense? Isn't that the offense that they should be running with he's Justin Fields and his some skills? Passes. Yeah, but he's got to complete some passes. Even when he's got given high, low reads, he don't throw it. He don't trust his accuracy. His accuracy is a disaster. It's a disaster. He can't control the football, Femi. And if you watch his motion at Ohio State, 
I said this when he came out. If Tom Brady were to evaluate all the quarterbacks in that draft, Fields would have been the least he liked because his motion was all over the place. It wasn't tight enough. It wasn't able to control it. He, he might hit one. He was going to miss two. It's like Deshaun Watson, the throw he makes Monday night, that's the interception for the touchdown. Yeah, the receiver dropped the ball, but, you know, and he should have caught it. It was a horrendous throw. It was a horrendous. It should never have been in that location of the throw. I mean, quarterbacks have to be accurate. And accuracy isn't defined by completions. Accuracy is defined by location of the football based on the route. And he doesn't trust his accuracy. And so he's scared to throw the ball sometimes. And he just doesn't make any plays. I mean, look, you know, they got, they give up, he, get, he gets sacked all the time. You know, I mean, this is not a, a fender bender that he's been sacked so much. It's been happening forever. It's been a pattern of reckless sacks forever it's not a, it's not like he's completed 80 percent of his passes and all of a sudden he's down to 55. like none of this is like this is pretty much what we saw last year so now all of a sudden it's Getsy's fault and i urge everybody all these guys that get on twitter that describe the plays and go over you call plays for them you get a headset on you game plan against todd bowles and his defense and you start calling plays and you tell me what you're going to get you tell me what you're going to get. Once you take away clear dig, Indigo, on the end, that's the first play of the game. He completed it, and he completed it later to D.J. Moore. I mean, Moore's frustrated. Moore's got him wide. Moore's wide open on a couple of plays. He can't get him the ball. He can't get him the ball. Well, like, I don't understand. Why do we defend fields? Like, why is everybody in a rush to defend fields? Like, he's had 29 games as a as 27 games as a starter. He's yet to produce quality quarterbacking play as a thrower. Like I was on a show this week with Tom Waddle and Sylvie that, that and and he says that, you know, I kind of, you know, I, I'm somewhere between you and Danny O. You know, I don't think he's as bad as you think he is. And I don't think he's as good as Danny O thinks he is. Well, there's no middle ground here. It's like you saying this player's a 6'6 and I gave him a 5'6. So let's just make him a 6'2 or a 6'1. No. That's the wrong grade. He either is or he isn't. He either is or he isn't. And so he's not. Like, you can't tell me what game to watch. You told me to go watch all those games where his QBR was really good last year. I did. They averaged 22 passes a game. He took sack upon sack. He's a turnover machine. He's mm -hmm. a turnover machine. He fumbles the ball. He takes sacks, negative plays. I mean, it's comical. And yet everybody runs to defend him. If he was playing great, I I would. I would defend him. I mean, I, I'll defend Bryce Young. I'll defend Anthony Richardson. He's playing good. I'll defend I defended Lamar Jackson when everybody was killing him. Like there there you you can't make this. And nobody's going to be able to like I want to know all these experts that are sitting out there. I want to know what plays are you calling for this guy? You tell me what are you going to call? Get your play sheet out. You look at it and you tell me what you're calling. Besides screen. Well, I mean, but that's the thing is that it's the six back offense is what they should be, but they should be running because when you when you, you draft Justin Fields, you're not field. drafting him. Hurts his accuracy. Hurts his accuracy down the field is what makes it. Hurts his ability on third yeah. down is what makes it. This guy on third down is a disaster. 
But shouldn't you have more designed runs for a player with that sort of athleticism? Because part of the reasons why you draft Justin Fields is because, hey, he can be an awesome athlete. He's the best athlete on the field every time he steps on the field. And then the accuracy, obviously, we know is a work in progress. Don't you want to design an offense that's where his athleticism is always a part of the equation? There's been no progress. It's not a work in progress. There has been no progress. I mean, there's been no progress. I guess my point is that why would you have a quarterback who's this athletic they're trying and never to run uses RPOs. Femi, he's got to complete some of the RPOs. They're, they play him to run the ball. Like, you know, you got this magical wand, like, oh, just run the six. Like, you got to execute it, too. If the six-back offense was a cure for all diseases, everybody would run it. You still need a good player to play the quarterback position. You still but, do it. So I mean, you don't think that Deshaun would Deshaun Watson – they're trying to do everything they can to make them. They're trying to be RPOs. He can't really do that. He comes to the line. He doesn't make good decisions. Like everybody's trying to defend this guy. Like the guy had 190, 300 attempts last year. And all you said all offseason, this is what you said. Just get him some guys around him and he's going to be great. Now you're saying you got to run the six back. Like you don't run out of excuses. You got him in your bag. They Whoa. just keep going and going. You're like the farmer. You got I, I still run the six back in the offseason. Well, but <laughs> that, that was your excuse because he needs skill player. Oh, now he's got skill yeah. players. I mean, it's like a job. Every time you turn around, you everybody's making excuses for this guy instead of sitting there saying, maybe he's not as good as I think he is. Maybe he's not. Like, I'm sitting there watching Mac Jones, and I'm saying, maybe he's not as good as he is because Mac Jones doesn't make any plays. I, I'm saying that. You got to be honest about the evaluation. Like, yeah. tell me what game you want me to watch where this guy ever in the 29 starts, the 27 starts that he's ever said, wow, that's something there, man. He's had moments where he's threw the ball, like the touchdown pass against Tampa. It's a joke. You guys just keep coming up with excuses. I'm sure you'll have another one next well, week. You got to feel I don't think anybody's for defending. Well, the, the yeah, they are two defending it. Don't tell we, me they're not. Come, You're all buying the fact that well, he sucks. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, I'll explain where I'm coming from on the other side. We'll also get to some other NFL news and notes that are warmed up here on the GM Shuffle, presented by DraftKings and Visa. All right, anytime you're on the golf course, you always hear the phrase, hit it long and hit it straight. Well, as somebody who's a novice to the game of golf, a new person, I wanted to make sure I had the best equipment possible. So, as a novice golfer, I went and hit up our friends over at PXG because they have an all-new driver called the Black Ops. I mean, my man Chris over in Henderson has hooked me up with a phenomenal driver that's built to my game. My new game that doesn't really do much of anything on the course, but it has what I need in terms of the club head speed and the kind of grip that I need to go out there and be the best to my ability. I mean, this is music to ears to any golfer, whether you're a novice like myself or if you've been playing the game for decades. The PXG Black Ops driver is a breakthrough in driver technology. It's a complete and total victory in golf club engineering unlike anything you've ever seen before. Black op drivers are adjustable to deliver a combined MOI of 10,000 plus 
for unreal forgiveness. That's just ridiculously high. So what you got to do, go check out the PXG Black Ops Driver. You'll be as impressed with it as I am. Learn more and get free shipping on all equipment at pxg.com slash gmshuffle and use code gmshuffle at checkout. That's pxg.com slash gmshuffle, code gmshuffle for free shipping on all equipment, pxg.com slash gmshuffle, code gmshuffle. All right, to put a bow on this Justin Fields discussion here, and There's obviously no we'll tie ball. it into the, the game that they have in the Kansas City Chiefs, I guess the point that I was making here is saying that the last couple of weeks I have come on here and I've said that I am concerned with what I'm seeing from Justin Fields, and that's, I've talked about how he has regressed. So while I can acknowledge that, I would like to see him in more designed runs because that leans into what his athleticism is and what his skill set is, then he also hasn't played well. And I'm thinking that maybe the six-back offense could be something that would help him along the way in his development. Because I do believe you have to run an offense that best suits a player's skill set. And I don't think that's what's happening right now in Chicago. Which okay, I want you to explain that. I want you to explain that. Because if you're going to cite he's got to run an offense, if you think that, if you're analyzing that, then mm-hmm. you got to tell me what offense he's got to run. Because you can't be a We've coach seen, on how, how one many, side of the fence and then coach on and not have the plan on the other. Like, tell me what so he how should many, run. How many designed runs have we seen this season that you can count them on one hand? But you like, don't know you the, calls also, like, he, the calls in the huddle. The calls in the huddle might be designed run. And he, there are POs. I mean, there like, are he's, POs. He's, I mean, an, tr- he's an elite athlete. You should be at least mixing in his legs in the equation, shouldn't you? Otherwise, why would you have him back there? Femi, they're trying to put his legs in it. You don't think the defense knows all he can do is run the football? Like, this is what makes it so funny. Everybody has an answer. Put him in a different offense. Let him run the ball. They don't understand that the defense knows exactly that. Like, how stupid do you think Todd Bowles is? You think Todd Bowles sat there and said, I'm worried about him throwing the ball on me today. Todd Bowles coached his players. Keep him in the pocket. Make him play quarterback. Don't let him get run. They set the edge on him. He had nowhere to go on the outside. The two ends for Tampa were outstanding. They didn't let him get outside the pocket. They squeezed him in. They made him hold the football. He's got a third and six at his own 30. You know, it's a 47-yard field goal. What's he do? He takes an eight-yard sack. He could have thrown a goddamn option route. No, but he don't want to do that. Like, you can't – you keep making excuses. You, It's not the offense. He's had 27 starts. There's been multiple plays that he's run. Like, these guys aren't stupid. Like – you might think you're smarter than Luke Getze, but I can promise you, I can pro- all these people that go on Twitter and say it's the different offense, they're not smarter than Luke Getze. They're not. They're not. I don't even know Luke Getze. I'm, I don't even know who he is. I've never met him. I don't know. But these people are not smarter than him, okay, in terms of offensive football. I mean, look at the numbers. Go to the, go to the next-gen stats. Look at his percentage of completions over expectation. It's like every stat you look at, he's a disaster. And they're not even objective. They're not even objective stat. They're just basically every stat, he's a disaster. All right. Well, so what, what happens next? Continue to defend him. So then what midseason he's gonna get benched? Because I mean it's he's if he's calling out he, the coaching staff, they moved that kid have to up. Change. They moved that kid, they just signed Peterman. They moved the kid up to two. Let me ask you this. You don't think Eberflus and Getze know this is an issue? Let me ask you this. What side do you think Eberflus and Getze on? My side or your side? <laughs> I mean, clearly if there's a schism, they're probably on your side. Okay. 
See, but what the way you're acting, the way you're acting is why NFL teams don't win. The way you are acting is why teams don't win. And let me explain it to you. It's not you. I'm not talking about you specifically. See, mm-hmm. you think you're thinking like a personnel guy. You're thinking like, oh, we just got to change the scheme. You're absolving the player. Okay. And so that you create the civil war within the building. Personnel guys think this guy's great. Okay. Personnel guys think this guy's great. Coaches think this guy sucks. There's the civil war that happens. There's where you can't have any harmony. So what you have to have is a general manager who's objective and a coach who's objective. Like I've been saying for years, Lamar Jackson needs to be under center. I didn't say Lamar Jackson was a bad player. I said he could be enhanced under center. Okay. Mm -hmm. I'm saying this guy, there's nothing like I've never watched anything. But if you keep clinging to, we just got to get him in the right offense. That's how personnel guys think. That's why Walsh hated personnel guys. That's why Walsh hated him. Because Walsh would have said to you, what plays would you like me to call? What offense would you like me to run? What would you like me to do? The defense knows he wants to run on the edge. How many quarterback draws can I call? What would you like me to do? He went into the season, Femi, saying he wanted to run less. Yeah. He did that because he yeah. thinks he can play quarterback. But he, but he's not. And everybody defends him. Like this guy, he, he's got a defense team second to nobody. Second to nobody. And you're, you're one of the leading candidates because you can keep coming up with excuses and you refuse to look at the evidence. He's had 27 starts. Go look at the chart on, on I don't even know what the hell the – look at the quarterback chart when you compare him to other quarterbacks over expected completions. Like, I don't even need to see this. Like, Jordan Love, yeah, there's something there with him now. He's complete passes. He's not perfect. You could build him. He's doing it well. He's doing it well. This guy, you know, Watson. I love Watson. I love – I would have drafted Watson if I'd have been anywhere. I loved him. I missed on his character. His play over the last seven, eight games or however long he's been playing, 10 games, is not good. His accuracy is horrible. And I went back. You know, and when he had Will Fuller, he was really good. Will Fuller kind of bailed him out, gave him that long throw, all that. But he's not playing well worth a darn. You know, everybody wants to blame – Matt Canada for Kenny Pickett, you know, people get a handle on the quarterback. They know what you want to do. You take away the running game for Pittsburgh, all of a sudden Matt Canada's got to play. In the, I mean, Pickett's got to play. I'm not def- I'm not here to defend the coaches. I'm objective. If I thought that it was bad coaching, I'd be the first to say. But you're asking a coach to do the impossible here. Well, this Fields thing is not the only issue that the Bears have on their – ledger this week because we did see yesterday they also uh said goodbye to their defensive coordinator alan williams resigned from the position effective immediately yeah. uh, there's a lot of stuff out there don't want to really speculate on any of that because i have no idea uh and, and it wouldn't be responsible to even talk about any of that but williams said in a statement that he's taking a step back to take care of my health and my family and this is sort of just a strange week here for the chicago bears to where unexpectedly it doesn't seem like the coaching staff or the front office really saw this coming and now you move on without your defensive coordinator and all right we got to figure out how we're going to go ahead and pick up that slack here because now he is uh, resigned effective immediately and, and look we said this all summer i've said it all summer the bears are not as good as everybody i think they're all de- like the fact that people think they were going to be the a, a playoff caliber type team 
that is comical. Bad. Like they're not good enough on defense, and I've said it all summer long. They're not good up front. If you're going to run Eberflus's defense, you got to be dominant in the offense, offensive front, defensive front. They're not. Now they've got a bunch of injuries. Blackwell's out. They, their best, their best nickel corners on IR. Eddie Jackson's not going to play. I mean, then they had to put their left tackle on IR. So the left tackle and the left guard are the. They moved white hair over from center over to left guard. Darnell Wright, you watch him against Tampa. He did not play well as the right tackle. He did not play. Mooney's hurt. Like, it's a hard thing to do. Now they're going to go into Kansas City and they're going to have to block a defense that is playing well above any time that they played last year. Chris Jones mm -hmm. was dominant against Jacksonville in that tape. He kicked everybody's ass. They cover better than you think. All they're worried about is can, in fact, they stop him from running the ball. And they can't turn it over. You know, they, the Bears can't turn it over. For all this conversation, the Bears have improved their team. I say they haven't. I mean, yeah, the DJ Moore is better than any receiver they had last year. Claypool, they gave up a high second-round pick. They can't block anybody. Like, at some point, this is a poorly constructed team. And they went with a quarterback who, who they're going to need a quarterback now. Should they have picked Bryce Young? I, I think if Bryce Young's two inches taller, they make that pick. Well, I mean, they're going to be picking near the top of the draft once again. Hell, they have two draft picks since they have Carolina's pick. Who knows how bad the Panthers are going to be? And so they, maybe they get a quarterback and Marvin Harrison Jr. Who knows? I know that would break Elliott's heart. He's hoping it's cold to get Marvin Harrison Jr. But you mentioned this week's game against the Kansas City Chiefs. They're 13-point underdogs. I don't know who is picking the Chicago Bears or betting on the Chicago Bears in this game with all that's happened throughout this week here. I mean, is this just Kansas City names their score and we just kind of go from there? You know, I mean, this is the Matt Nagy Bowl. This is Matt Nagy's Revenge Bowl. It, he got fired from there. You know, so Nagy uh, I, I don't Bowl. know, Femi. I mean, actually, I'm looking at the board. 45%, they got 45% of the money. But look, we got people in our network that bet Justin Fields for MVP. And I'm not accusing you of that, but we have others. <laughs> you know, so anybody will make any bet. You can't go by that. Anybody <laughs> will make any bet. 12 and a half points, a lot of points. I mean, you can't go by that. <laughs> And yeah. plus, do the Chiefs a lot of cover. the Chiefs' offense? The Chiefs' offense haven't looked that explosive, but this Bears' defense isn't very good either. I mean, they made Baker Mayfield look really good. They couldn't tackle him in the pocket. You know, Mike Evans is playing really well for them. Godwin's playing well. They ran the football on him really well. Mm -hmm. It's a hard game. Chicago's not good. For all this conversation, Chicago's a good team. I think it's full of crap. I said yeah, it this no, summer, I, I this so I'm not, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not, as, as Art Modell would say, I'm not, I'm not second guessing. I first guessed this. Yeah, no, this is, the tape a, doesn't I think this lie. is a get right spot. The tape doesn't lie. The tape doesn't lie. And the tape on Fields is terrible. I don't give a shit what excuses all you guys come up with. You can't call plays for this guy. There's nobody who could call plays for this guy. You could, you think, let me ask you this question. What would Bill Walsh do with Justin Fields? I mean. There's only really one answer here. What are you going to say? He's going to cut him? What would he him? do? Look for another quarterback. So we just got this quote here from Ryan Poles. Our, our producer, Elliot Bowman, just sent us this. He's meeting with the media right now. So, quote, we have adversity. No one in our building is panicking. Everyone is focusing on solving the issues that we have. Poles says the team will figure out titles for defensive staff next week. Sounds like team could name a coordinator. We'll see. Quote, none of our coaches see Justin as a finger pointer is what uh, he, he has said to the media right now over at Hallis Hall. So uh, fun week to be a Chicago Bears fan, huh? What do you think? Um, what do you expect him to say? What do you expect him to say? He, 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 he
What are you going to say? It's it's a mess. Yeah, you. And, and and we didn't even touch about being a leader of the team. I mean, you know, he took some responsibility fields, but you can't do what he did. You know, because but he knows. See, this is the, the interesting thing about social media. He knows he has a sympathetic voice. So he played that card. He knows he has many members of your fraternity that love him. The Danny O's, you guys are the presidents of that fraternity. They, he knows he can pledge that fraternity and get your support. So he played the card. Well, we'll see. He said he's going to go out there and, and you say, guys rallied right behind him. You did exactly what you always will do. You rallied behind your leader. Yes, you did. 27 I games. Mean, he mean, sucks, but we love him. But we love him. We're going to keep playing him. It's a coach's fault. It has to be. God, that coach sucks. I've been criticizing him for two weeks. What do you want me to put him? Six feet under? We'll be back. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more, don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. I mean, the second round of the playoffs have been absolutely phenomenal, and if you really like a team, you can bet on them for the futures markets, maybe some conference finals MVPs as the conference finals approach, or how about NBA finals MVP? And if you're new to DraftKings, you got to check this out. New Customers bet five bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code SHUFFLE. That's code SHUFFLE for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just five bucks only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available. For problem gambling, call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please pay responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. 21-plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. So there's been a trade. The Los Angeles Rams are sending running backs. That's not a trade. That's not a trade. That's that's a giveaway. That's like, that's not even buy one and get one free. Let me give the terms before you chime in fully here. The Rams are trading Cam Akers and a conditional 2026 seventh round pick to the Vikings in exchange for a conditional 2026 sixth round pick. The floor is yours. That's not a trade. That's a giveaway. That's a giveaway. That's a gift package at the door. That's like when you go to, you know, that's not even like, do you, you remember in, in uh, the Sopranos when Chrissy and, and, uh, and what's his face? They went out to, to go see Ben Kingsley, Carmine. They went out, little mm-hmm. Carmine, they went out to go see Carmine, Ben yeah. Kingsley. Yeah. And then, and they see all these gifts that they give the Oscar, the you know, people that come to the Oscars. And then they ripped off so the gift. They start, they stole Lauren, Lauren McCall. Like, those yeah. are gift. That, like that's actually something you could take. This is just a give. This is a, this is not even a giveaway bag. This is just like take them, get them out of here. And but I think like most things that happen, there's more to the story that meets the eye. The, mm. the Madison, who I liked, was a role player, and and I've always had this theory, because I've lived it. 
and, and because of my painful existence with the 76ers. So in Howard Katz's infinite wisdom, one of the, the owner, the last owner that won a, won a title for the 76ers, they're watching the Bulls and Scotty Williams comes off the bench, North Carolina kid, plays 16 minutes. He gets, you know, seven points, averages six rebounds. Pretty good, right? Looks good. Really good player, gets the Sixers trouble, you know. Okay, so he becomes a free agent. So in their infinite wisdom, they say, well, if we sign Scotty and we'll pay him good money, then, you know, instead of having seven points, he'll have 14 points. We'll double his minutes. And then he'll have six rebounds, he'll have 12. So we'll get a double-double player out of this for a decent deal. Wrong. The Scotty Williams theory is simply a backup's a backup. And when you take a backup and make him a starter, then it be, you start to play him more minutes, all of a sudden he less, looks less effective. That's what you see with Madison. Madison's a struggles in protection. He's not, you know, he's good when he was relieving Dalvin Cook, but now as the lead dog, not so good. Not so good. And that's one of the things you get into. It's a little bit goes down the same Nick Chubb lane. You know, we all feel horrible about Nick Chubb. I, it yeah. just hates the Brutal thought injury. of it, right? brutal injury it's going to take him a year to come back from this and god knows he's a tremendous kid and he will however now that you move you move jerome ford up you know everybody well he looked pretty good the other night okay yeah he did he had a long run for 69 yards but the other 15 carries he averaged 37 yards so i'm a little bit uncomfortable here like that's why i kept saying on twitter like you should go after jonathan taylor you're, you're one of the highest spending teams in the national football league this year you went all in you put all your chips in and after two games you can't be sure deshaun watson's going to be the guy you want so you this this offense runs through the running back and if that running back isn't good enough you got problems now you can bring kareem hunt back but let's be clear about kareem hunt he went to new orleans he went to indianapolis both teams needed a running back they didn't sign him why because he wasn't in shape. He wasn't in shape. Now, the Browns just signed him. We'll see if he can play on Sunday. But he maybe he got in shape. Maybe he got in better shape. But the reason he got sent home from both places is because he wasn't in good shape. Yeah, and, and it is an interesting conversation to have. And this is the Rams side of this thing here with Cam Akers. This has kind of been going back to last year. There's been sort of, uh, I don't know if it's a beef or a misunderstanding between Akers and head coach Sean McVay, but they tried to trade him last year, essentially. Couldn't find anybody to take him on. And now they go ahead and do the, the, the BOGO, the buy one, get one here on him sending him to the Twin Cities over there in Minnesota. But I think from a running back, because we had this conversation all off season long, running back value and all that stuff, while the position, there's a lot of guys who can play the position, there's only a handful who can play it at the elite level. And I think with the Minnesota Vikings, what they found out was that, hey, yeah, Dalvin Cook may have been on the decline, and Cook isn't lighting the world on fire with the Jets through two games. He might have been on the decline, but we still needed a player at that sort of level. We couldn't just say, all right, Alexander Madison, come take the Dalvin Cook role and be Dalvin Cook because Cook was a, an elite-level player. Madison is not that. He was kind of an elite-level backup now having to be asked to be an elite-level frontline guy. Well, that's the Scotty Williams phenomenon. Yeah. That's the Scotty Williams syndrome. When you over-evaluate the backups, most teams over-evaluate their backups. It's why well, I did the same thing. I, I, you over-evaluate guys that don't play or don't play very much. God, he's really good. But then when you got to live with them every day, he's not so good. And I'm not saying Madison's not good because Madison can do some things, but Madison playing 70 plays as opposed to playing 30 is a completely different player. Scotty Williams playing 12 minutes versus 32 minutes, completely different player. Mm -hmm. 
you know, I mean, look, I, I don't know what to say to you. Cam Akers had 22 carries for 29 yards. I think this oh. is more than they're not getting along. I think McVeigh, who I think should be right now after two games, he might be coach of the year. Because for, for him to be in the – he won a game on the road, and for him to be as close to he was at halftime, he could have been up 17-13. They snuck it in from the one-yard line. But if, if the way that he's coaching this team and moving the football, he's this is one of his best coaching jobs ever after two games. Mm-hmm. Now, it could all fall apart once he loses Stratford. I get that. But both he and Raheem Marsh are doing an outstanding job. I mean, they're good on third down. They'll play Cincinnati as tough as anybody. Even if Burrow comes back, we'll find out. But Akers, yeah. I think it's an evaluation. They just don't think he's good enough. I would be shocked if Akers turned it on in Minnesota. Yeah, I'd be pretty – I think everybody would be surprised because he hasn't been good with the Rams. I don't know if it was the Achilles injury. Maybe that's – that he lost a step or what. But he just hasn't been a good player for the for the Rams ever since that injury there. Um, you mentioned that game, Rams and the Bengals. We'll obviously preview that on the Monday pod and everything. But Joe Burrow, I don't know what the latest is. I've been looking around all morning to see if we're going to get some information on that because we the line is actually the moved with the Bengals. Are, the Bengals are three-point yeah, favorites now. So I, uh, do you well, think he's going to go I ahead and practice? Well, I think a lot of that – I think that the book's anticipating him playing. I think yeah, the book's anticipating like him playing. But, you seems know, if like you it. just look at the two teams and, and you go over the two teams' numbers, and we'll talk more about it on Monday, the Rams are having more success offensively and defensively than the Bengals are in either area. Definitely. Uh, we'll break that down on Monday. But let's get into some of these games here uh, that we have on the week three ledger. We're already humming along here in week three. The, the the most interesting one, I think, from a desperation standpoint, has to be in the Twin Cities with a team that just acquired Cam Akers. It's the Chargers. It's yeah. at the Vikings. Do you Who think you that our guy Brandon Staley? I'm not betting that game. You could. I wouldn't bet it with your money, Michael. I, I wouldn't bet it. With, that's a stay away if I've ever seen a stay away. With those two franchises, forget it. But do you think our guy Staley's coaching for his job on Sunday? I mean, look, he's the only coach, I think, in the history. He's, he's, had, he's lost two games, hasn't, hasn't lost the turnover battle, given up more big plays than any team in the league. But let's keep calling him a guru defensively, please. Can we keep continuing to do that? You know, I mean, last week we went over his game management. I mean, I actually think they'll play good against the Vikings. I mean, they, you know, they, they can attack the Vikings secondary if they can protect. They should be able to pass rush against the Vikings. I mean, we saw Philly, you know, Philly was not exactly dominating the line of scrimmage. Kirk Cousins had his chances. Of course, the, we saw the Jefferson, you know, the the play there. But I think it's a pick em game. I think it's right. I, I lean towards the Chargers. I took it off the board. I don't trust either team. Yep. I'm telling you, that's that's the ultimate Hall of Notes. Put that in the Hall of Notes Hall of Fame. Chargers at Vikings yeah. week three in the 2023 season because <laughs> I, I ain't betting that one. How about the game in the Meadowlands, though? We're talking about some of these teams that are sitting at 0-2. New England trying to climb out of the hole against the 1-1 New York Jets here. Uh, the Patriots are favored on the road in this spot where the Jets, obviously offensively, it's a little bit of a struggle right now, but the defense is still there and they're still pretty good. Well, I mean, the biggest problem with the Patriots is they have too many negative plays. You know, they have 15 negative plays out of 70 of the season. That's 21% of their plays turn into negative plays. That sacks, tackles behind the line of scrimmage. And really what happens to the Patriots is if you just watch the two games, they move the ball to about midfield and then they have brain farts. They have a breakdown, give up a sack, they can't get it in. You know, it's two weeks in a row now. You know, they've not been able to win the game at the end. 
And when you go over, this is another one of those, the media believes this, you know, if you go over their numbers from last year offensively to their numbers this year, they're significantly better last year. Stevenson was a thousand yards runner last year, mm-hmm. you know, and I, I, I don't think they were great offensively. Everybody was killing Patricia, you know, but their, their offensive numbers so far this year, especially with last year, they could make throws down the field. This year on throws over 10, over 10 yards, they're 27 in the league. You say, well, that's because, you know, they don't have very good receivers. They had the same receivers they had last year, and they were one of the best teams in the league. See, these stats, people just move them around. They, you cannot go in the game and not make explosive plays. I think the issue to me when I watch the Patriots is we have gotten carried away with shotgun. We have gotten carried away with shotgun. And all this shotgun conversation, I think, is trending back the other way. When you look at the best offenses in football, when you study the teams that average on, on points per play that gain explosive plays, Detroit has 14 explosive plays in the league. They're under center. Minnesota, Miami, 11 explosive plays under center. Minnesota, 11 explosive plays. San Francisco, 11. You got to get under center a little bit. Even Baltimore's come under center. And, and I don't mm-hmm. see Mac as a pure shotgun quarterback. Why? Because A, Mac, Mac doesn't have offer really any RPO value, right? I think he's got to be in there in third down, but he doesn't offer you that run element. So what am I doing there on first and 10? Yeah. You got to separate the defense. You got to run the football, change formations. I think it's one of the problems with the Bengals. They're in the same formation all the time. They're like a baseball pitcher who throws nothing but fastballs. I mean, think about this. I mean, uh, Chase is averaging seven yards a catch. That's... He's got 10 yard, ten catches for 70 yards. He can't make a play because people kind of know what they want to do. Now, Burrow's uh, calf injury is a factor. But I think the game's coming back more to you got to get under center a little bit more, especially on first and second down. You can't always – there's not enough stuff to run in shotgun if your quarterback isn't a pure runner. No, I think that's a fantastic point to be made because I feel like with a lot of these pocket passers, if you're sitting there in shotgun, you're pretty much tipping the hand of the defense and, hey, we're going to pass, so c- come, come stop us. And under center, well, you at least give something to the I mean, Cleveland's offense, you know, the run back run. I mean, they had Chubb in the backfield. They got nickel out of Pittsburgh, and Pittsburgh tried to play a light front. They had Minka Fitzpatrick come down late, and Chubb ran just kind of moved a little bit away, and he couldn't make the tackle. Next thing you know, he's off for 40 yards or 30 yards, whatever he did. I mean, it's hard to defend the run if, if you don't have great fits, especially when you're in sub. And if you're under center, it's even harder, especially because you're zigging there, but you're running two back stuff. Nobody takes on things. Every run now is defended like a punt return. Well, when we come back, we'll ask you about the disappointing 0-2 teams and the surprising 2-0 teams here on the GM Show. All right, Michael, before we wrap things up here, let's get to all of the 0-2 yeah. and 2-0 teams. But you wanted something that you wanted to ask me here. I, I, You know, there's a lot of things I like in life, but the consistency of effort to me is always the most remarkable thing that I look for. And I want to ask you this. Al Michaels, have you ever seen a t- his knot not tied perfectly? And it looks the same if you go back to the uh, do you believe in miracles knot, the tie that he wore that day, to tonight. Mm-hmm. I mean, this tie will be impeccably. Perfect. 
Like it's not, I, yeah. I don't know. I, he should teach a course. You know how Stanley Tucci teaches courses on Instagram on how to make a cocktail. Like I think Al Michael should teach a course on how to tie a knot. Like this knot is perfect. It's absolutely, and it's not the kind that Dominic wears to the Catholic school. It's the clip on, you know, like this is a real yeah. knot. Like this streak of consecutive knots is greater than DiMaggio's 56 game hitting streak. You know, it, it's greater than anything that's been accomplished in sports. I, I don't know if I, I actually feel bad that I didn't include it in in the, in football done right because football this done is right. Where, you watch it tonight. I, I mean, you watch it. If I could figure out how to screenshot, circle, and put it on 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 Twitter, that would be a great thing. I can't do that. Maybe somebody can figure it out and do it for me tonight. Thank you. Yeah, we need to do that. I mean, like that knot is just like to me, it's award winning. I, I, if I were Kirk, Kirk, if I was Herbie, I'd be in all of the knot. I would I'd never stop looking at the knot. <laughs> well, I'll make not? sure to look out for it later tonight. Uh, did, does he go full it? Windsor? Does he go full Windsor knot? I yeah, actually never noticed full, it. It's, like it's, it's goes full brilliant. Okay, it's cause... brilliant. Like I mean, he should teach a course on how to tie the knot. Like this is the way I to do it. Now, I know a lot of people don't wear ties anymore, but look, if you're a kid in Catholic school and you got a tie knot, you better, you know, I, I could help you. Back when I had to wear a tie to work every single day in the uh, the broadcasting is, I would go full Windsor. That was the uh, preferred knot for me. So uh, I'll have to go ahead and see not what Al's good. working nobody's with. Doing as, nobody's doing as good as Al. You watch Al tonight. Nobody right. is doing I'll, as good I'll, as I'll, Al. I promise I'll, I'll you. Keep nobody could. Nobody can match Al's knot. Nobody could. Nobody could. So I, uh, I wanted to put that out there. That needs to well, be can, can the Giants can the Giants match the 49ers real quick? They're 10 and a half point underdogs, total 44. Um, market thinks this is going to be a runaway for San Francisco. Well, I mean, look, they're missing Andrew Thomas, the left tackle. That's going to be problematic. You know, without Barkley, they can't really run. It's going to put the game really in Daniel Jones's hands. He's going to have to run the ball. Last week, the Rams did a really good job against the 49ers. They protected as well as they could. You know, I w I've over criticized the Rams offensive line. They've done a great job of coaching that line. Mm -hmm. They really have. They've done a great job coaching period out there because they're getting a lot of miles out of players that don't look like really good players. They're exceeding to me their level. So I, I you know, I'm, I have a hard time on these games, but I kind of feel like my numbers this week are more in line because, you know, when I do my when I do my point spreads every week, you know, when I do my power rankings, I have to, I use numbers, right? So I use the, I, I use whatever the, uh, I use the, uh, you know, the, the the numbers from the statistics that we get. And so I, it stays out of being subjective, you know, and my numbers for this game were 10.39. And so it's a 10 and a half spread. So it, it would be a stay away for me on the game, but, you know, I, I don't know how else to do it. You know, I wouldn't touch it. I yeah. think, I think the Niners will back off if they have to. Purdy missed some really easy throws last week. If Purdy played better, they would have covered easily. He missed a couple mm. throws. Jennings played really well. He filled in for for Ayuk, uh, played really well for yeah. him. Yeah, Ayuk is a game-time decision, according to head coach Kyle Shanahan. I'm like you. This is a stay away. Like, I, I kind of want, want earlier in the week, I wanted to bet the Giants, but then I thought back to every time the Giants play an elite team 
they don't play well. Yeah. And then, in fact, they get blown out because it feels like the Giants, they kind of reach that ceiling. Brian Dable does a good job of squeezing all the juice out of the orange, but it's not enough against the the San Francisco's, the Phillies, the Dallas's of the world, and it hasn't been. So it's a stay away for me here. Um, but we did get well, some get news behind. here real quick from I mean, Adam. they get, behi- they get yeah. behind. You know, they get behind in the game. And even though they came from behind last week, they're not a come-from-behind team. Yeah. And it's a little bit different of a situation here this Thursday than it was last Sunday. Uh, ESPN's Adam what Schefter. Did a, what are you betting? What did you? What are you betting this week? Oh uh, gosh, I got to look at my ledger here. Uh, I bet Cleveland. I laid three with Cleveland uh, against Tennessee. Now it's up just because I like that. Yeah, I like that defense. I like against that game a lot too. Tennessee front. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I think Cleveland's defense controls I, I, I think, that game. I think it will too, and I think you know Schwartz was in Cleveland last year as a cons- was in this Tennessee as a consultant. I think he understands that team as well as anybody. I would be shocked mm-hmm. if the Browns didn't play really good defense. And Tannehill taking away a couple of those plays didn't particularly play well. Skronsky, the guard's not going to play for Tennessee. He's out again. That line isn't very good. They'll have a hard time moving the football on Cleveland if Cleveland's healthy. Cleveland will have a hard time moving the football too because they're going to have yeah. to rely on the passing game and can watch them make any pass plays. Where are you on Green yeah. Bay and New Orleans? Uh, I, I, I have not bet that game. I did bet Detroit. I laid three with Detroit against the Falcons. I think that Detroit's offense can get back on track here. I mean, I'm on Ross St. Brown. It's He looks like he's day-to-day right now. Hopefully he's able to go on Sunday, but even with him on they're the injury report, I still like that. Then I, a- I just... Yeah, I, I think Ritter's going to get. He's got a turf toe. They're going to put a rock environment. Yeah, they're going to have to put. Uh, from what I'm told, they're going to have to put like a metal plate in his leg to help him along. So I don't know about Ooh. that. But here's what I would say to you about that game: all of Atlanta's numbers defensively and offensively are better than Detroit's. I would be really scared of this game. I, Detroit will will probably play the run well, but Arthur Smith does a really good job of scheming runs. And mm-hmm. Atlanta's defense can take away some of those big plays. I had this as a 3.82 game, but I think Atlanta should be the favorite. I think Atlanta has a better chance here. Now, maybe Detroit plays well. They haven't played as well, especially defensively. You know, last week, yeah. you know, Seattle moved the ball at will on them. Ritter's, this is Ritter's first game on the road, so I would caution anybody accepting that number because you don't, we don't have enough data here. But I think Atlanta's better than you think they are. Yeah, well, I guess we'll find out on Sunday. I'm going to go ahead and pay to see that one. Real quick here, um, we did see that Bryce Young did not practice today uh, due to that ankle injury. So it sounds like it might be Andy Dalton that's going to go ahead and start there against the Seattle Seahawks this weekend. This line is now Seattle's six-point favorites here. Um, yeah, I, I don't know if there should be that big of an down. adjustment there. but No, I, yeah. I don't have it that way either. I, I have this should be a 2.5 game for in favor Woo! of Seattle. I, I think this is a closer game than you think. Well, Seattle's numbers are not great. Seattle's numbers defensively not. are not good at all. I mean, they've given up a lot of yards. I mean, they got whooped. Now they're playing at home. That helps. Carolina went in there last year and beat them. You know, at some point, you know, Frank Wright says the play calling is not the problem. To a degree, it comes down to execution. I think Young needs to be under center a little bit more. You know, I think they yeah. need to get back to the running game they had last year. They've changed the running game to, to fit what Wright wants to do. Look, I'll say this. I think they were a better team last year without a quarterback than they are this yeah. year with a good promising yeah. young quarterback. Yeah, I don't think anybody would argue with you on that one. Like like they look they look bad through two weeks. Well, Watching that the, game. The owner night, would was... argue with me on that. He he fired Wilkes. You know, he fired Wilkes. They yeah. I mean, they were actually getting once they got rid of once they actually had the quarterback, even with PJ Walker, their offense was getting better. 
I mean, between yeah. and then Camp and State as the line coach, they got rid of McAdoo. They were doing a good job of playing with what they had. It wasn't pretty, but they were win- they they were winning games. I mean, they 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 blew Detroit out. They killed Detroit. But uh, to me, I think the change there has hasn't shown improvement. Like when you make a change, you want to see improvement. Well, let me ask you this here. We have three teams in the NFC South that are 2-0, Falcons, Saints, Buccaneers. Of those three, which one do you trust the most that they can actually have a really good season this year? Uh, I, I'm going to say the Falcons because I think they're better on defense. Their offensive line still struggles in pass protection. If they get behind in this game against Detroit, they'll struggle. I don't trust New Orleans. I thought New Orleans was horrible on, on th- Monday night. Yeah. They have not been very good offensively. Their numbers offensively are not good. And Tampa, look. Tampa's good defensively, and Mayfield's throwing the ball to the receivers are really helping them out. They're better in the offensive line. They can actually run the football. I think they'll give Philly a harder game. I think they really will. Now, I think because Philly's numbers are nowhere near where they were last year. So that's what makes September so good. It's like at some point we have two games of data. We're going to start to sort through it. The key to September to me is figuring out who the hell are we? Who are we? We had this plan in the offseason, Okay and we've played two games, is the plan exactly who we want it to be or do we need to modify, right? Well, who are we? And then you need to establish that. If you're 0-2 or if you're 2-0, and you got to ask the same question because it's very fleeting. It won't last. You know, it's a little bit like, you know, Howard Marks, this investor, he writes great memos. He, he compares investing to tennis. He compares a lot of sports to tennis. And he talks about, you know, the art of avoiding losing and, and how tennis players rarely ever the great ones when you're on this elite level they never hit a shot they hit a shot that the opponent can't bring back to them they really never lose they always hit winning shots and so that's because they know their game and to be a great investor or to be a great team you have to know that and that's what two games does for you i think that's the most important thing teams could do that's what a head coach needs to do who are we what are we good at here's the numbers and this is what we have to become yeah, and they're getting good play out of Baker Mayfield. Like, I think a lot of the questions about that team surrounded the quarterback because defensively, like, we talked about how this is still a lot of the veterans that were there when they won the Super Bowl. Like, these guys can still play yeah. on defense, and Todd Bowles is a really respected defensive mind. With that game, oh, he done, he's done good, and the offensive coordinator, the, the guy he hired, Canada. the offensive coordinator hired, has done, done a good job. I mean, he's done a really good job of, of kind of they got some balance in their attack. I mean, give them credit. They've done a really good job there. Yeah, no, I, I bet Tampa plus six and a half, and I also put a little bit on the money line as well. Like, I, I agree with you. I think they're going to give Philly all they can handle on Monday night. That's a little Monday night appetizer for our folks who go ahead and listen here on a Thursday. Um, any of these other games interest you? I mean, we have some big spreads. I'm really curious to see Bill's commanders. Another sellout for Washington, 2-0, and now bringing an elite team into Landover. I think that could be a fun game and maybe a potential statement yeah. game for Rivera, Biennemi, and Sam Howe. I, I mean, I think I have it as a 4.23 game. I think it's got a chance to be a good game. I mean, Biennemi knows how to play McDermott. He's played him a bunch from Kansas City, you know, so we all understand the scheme. I mean, Buffalo's not – I mean, that game was a little misleading. They dominated the Raiders. I thought it was the best game Allen's played in a while because he ran the offense. Yeah. You could actually see an offense in there. But defensively, I'm not sure they're as good as you think they are. But, you know, Washington, they gave a bunch of sacks. I thought Sam Howell, Sam Howell in his third start was exceptional. I can say that easily. The guy we started this pot with after 27, we can't say that. Femi, keep defending and we got to go.
Let's end the pod. <laughs> that does it for us here on Keep the GM Shovel. Subscribe, rate, and review. We'll be back Monday.